Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ready! (laughs) Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go, here we go. It's time for the Overtime Show with Nate Geary. Good evening. Welcome to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Geary here with you for the next uh, hour or so. We'll um, get you caught up on anything you might have missed from the locker room. Before we do uh, before we do all that, let's uh, just kind of take a quick run through at the game at large. I know maybe a lot of you don't want to relive the game and... We'll get to a lot of your phone calls as well, 803 one 888-552-550. The Bills lose 27-10. to uh, Josh Allen finishes this game 25-42, 265 yards in an interception, a quarterback, a QBR, I'm sorry, of 57.3 and a quarterback rating of 68.1. Tell me QBR isn't a flawed stat if he almost has a higher QBR than a quarterback rating. I'm not sure that's a stat I'd care to talk about much more of anyways. Um, he also finishes eight carries, 26 yards on the ground. Um There's a lot of emotion, a lot of anger, disappointment to come out of this game. I mean, rightfully so. Um, This is a team that was picked to be unanimously a Super Bowl favorite um, from, like, May and on, and they continue to address more defensive positions in the draft. They drafted corner in the first round who they kind of just decided they didn't want to use, and they were going to use a sixth-round pick. I'm sorry, it was Dane Jackson, a seventh-round pick, um, throughout portions of this game against one of the best wide-receiving groups in the league. Um, They've invested first-round picks, second-round picks into the defensive line that couldn't get any pressure against uh, multiple backups to the Cincinnati offensive line. Uh, Joe Burrow got the ball out in under two-and-a-half seconds in a lot of cases, and the defensive coordinator with head coaching experience and – uh, years on the on the job, who was given a blueprint last week by a, a Ravens defense, decided that he was going to blitz uh, the quarterback with the best passer rating in the league against the blitz. So a lot to go through over the next little while. The disappointment, the scab picking, all of that will be you know kind of addressed over here in the next couple of minutes. Listen, this is, there's there's no way to spin this in a positive way. The Bills got absolutely embarrassed on primetime um, in the most important game of the season. They no-showed. Um, they're coaching once again when the spotlight came on, when the, the big lights, when the cameras, when the HD sky cam came on. Um, the coach who was number two in neutral in, – in, 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 you know, adding – wins based on his decision-making throughout the season, whether it was going for two, kicking field goals, going for it on fourth down, punting, decided that in a game where you were going to be chasing really from the very get-go, your offense scored 10 points tonight. Your offense scored 10 points. And listen, I mean, there's a lot maybe this defense is going to have to wear. I mean, at, at one point throughout, after the first half, 
The Cincinnati Bengals were on pace to get 550 yards in total offense in this game. I don't think they ended up there. I'm, we can look at the team stats, and I don't, I don't think they got to 500 yards, but they, they certainly um, they, they ended up with 325 because the second half they basically turned around and handed the ball off a bunch because they knew they had this game. And, um, you know, you've got this absolute unicorn generational player at the quarterback position, and you have an offense that has two options, throw it really deep or check it down or get sacked. And, I mean, th- those have been sort of the options here for the last couple of weeks. Um, for Josh Allen, who I, I think deserves more um, than just a, a, a yes man at the, at the offensive coordinator position, which it sort of feels like we're at right now. So there's a lot of disappointment, a lot of anger, and you know maybe I'll you know alleviate some of that for you. Maybe I'll just make it worse. I'm not sure how that'll go tonight, but I, I, I it, it's so hard for me because of the expectations of the season. This doesn't feel like last year. Um, in fact, I probably would have rather the Bills lost in some sort of painfully terrible, unimaginable way, like on a 57-yard field goal to end the game by Cincinnati or something. At least it would have been a close game. Instead, you feel like you were building towards beating one team, the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I mean, that's what that's what Von Miller's for. That's how you've built this roster. You've built the roster to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and you can't even get to the game to beat that team. You can't get through the team to get to that team and I think that's the most demoralizing part about this and yeah you know we'll, we'll spend the next eight months hearing about the narratives about Joe Burrow being better than Josh Allen and we'll we'll hear on Fox Sports tomorrow FS1 and you know Nick Wright will get his last lap for the next six weeks and um, it won't matter if Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs don't win and, and the Bengals go on and win a Super Bowl at the end of the day the Josh Allen is 0-3, and that's the number. It's not the Bills are 0-3. This is what it'll be. It's Josh Allen is 0-3 when he has to play Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in the playoffs. And that's that, right? And that'll be a number. That'll be a statistic thrown out at you. That'll be a narrative is Josh Allen can't beat these teams. It can't beat these other quarterbacks, which is, you know, in my opinion, absolutely nonsense. It just it, It's part of a thing and a theme and a narrative to me that I'm sick of hearing about Josh Allen. This is not on Josh Allen. It's not. He didn't play a great game today. He got no help. Just no help whatsoever. Whether it was from his pass-catching weapons, whether it was from his offensive coordinator, who I, I just, it feels like is over his head. And, you know, I'm a little emotional tonight, there's no doubt. But I think we all are. I think we're all feeling so. We're all looking for answers. This is a really great football team. And I like the head coach a lot. I'm not here tonight, by the way. And, and, and you can call and you can tell me you think Sean McDermott should lose his job. I'm, I am not there. Um, I'm just not. I like Sean. I think he's done a great job building a great roster and has done a pretty decent job developing people. I, I think if you want to look at the GM today, it will be a little upset at all of the assets that have been spent. I mean, we, we heard Mike and Chris talk about the last Pro Bowl player that's not named Josh Allen. This team is drafted. They traded away in Wyatt Teller. I mean, Boogie Basham has been a complete, and I mean, just a, a no-show for two years now. And Greg Rousseau's a nice player. But is, he's not Jalen Phillips. He's not an elite, game-changing defensive end. And so what are you what are you left with? Now now you've got decisions to make. And that that's is the the hardest part about turning the leaf on a season is the the looming decisions that were here one way or another, whether they won a Super Bowl or they lost today, all of these decisions loomed large regardless. But I, I it's it's so hard for me to watch a defensive game plan like they've thrown out today that just lacks common sense to me. You know, it's the same way I felt after the 49ers and after the Green Bay Packers put a blueprint on how to stop Tua. And they ignored the blueprint. 
They let him throw over the middle of the field. It's like we watched two teams in consecutive weeks hold the Dolphins to under 25 combined points, but no, we're going to do the thing that we do. And we're going to blitz Joe Burrow, who for the last two seasons, has anyone thrown like any numbers in front of them about what Joe Burrow has done against the Blitz? Who cares about getting to Joe Burrow? That was not the point today. I said it in pregame. You weren't going to get to him with Von Miller and Lawrence Taylor in his prime on the defensive line today. You weren't getting to them. It's the whole point. So you just, like, the Cincinnati Bengals squatted and sat on everything against the Bills. Everything. But I'm supposed to believe that the conditions today affected one defense but not the other? His defense, Tyler Huntley scored more points last week with Demarcus Robinson and the ghost of Deshaun Jackson at wide receiver. He scored 17. The Bills got 10 points. So it's so hard to look at the defense and be mad at the defense because if you told me in pregame the Baltimore Ravens would score 27 points, I would have said the Bills would have won. So coaching, I don't know, player personnel decisions, we'll have the next six months to die you know, dissect and figure out what it is this team's going to do to try to get over the hump. But it sort of just feels like this team has maxed out and where you can get to the next level. I don't know. I've just, the one constant in this defense where they just blow it in the biggest moments is your, it's got to be part of partially your defensive coordinator. And I like Leslie Frazier. I think he's a great football mind. But, I mean, you're blitzing and running off coverage on third and five. I mean, it just, it was so easy for Joe Burrow today. For it to look as easy against the second best defense in football and look so hard for the Bills to do anything. I mean, three and out on the first two drives. Call it the game then. I mean, I, I, I tweeted it was over. And then they scored. Matt Mulatto gets a good sack and they score. And I'm feeling, all right, well, maybe maybe this game isn't over yet. I just, it's so frustrating because of the expectations, because of where we thought this team was. And this is a revealing loss. This isn't just one of those losses. This isn't, this isn't 13 seconds, right? Which I thought revealed some serious, serious issues with the moment for the coaching staff. Again, I, I'm not even here to tell you that I think people got to get fired and lose their job over all this stuff. I, I don't know where I am, and I think that's probably what's most, most frustrating. Is It feels like, how can you get blown out by the Cincinnati Bengals on your home field? How can you look so ill-prepared against a team that is using selling AFC division or AFC championship tickets at a neutral site is their motivation. I mean, that, that, that's all he talked about after the game. Oh, I hope they get the refund. That's what they were using. That's all they needed. Such a tough season because of all of the... It feels like heartbreak, right? I mean, just the adversity that this team, this franchise, felt like they had to maneuver all year long. For this moment to drop the ball this badly, seven and one at home this year. 
Did they lost? When was the last time they lost by double? When was the last time they were down by double digits? Baltimore, they came back and won that game. Yeah, I just. How frustrating of a performance is this and the lack of preparation and watching blueprints week after week after week, but you can't possibly, you're, you're too smart to use the blueprints that were laid out for you before. I don't know what to make of the offensive coordinator. I don't. I don't. Because I follow a lot of smart people that like what Ken Dorsey did this year. A lot of smart people. I don't know what, I don't know what 11 responsibilities on the field are. I don't know. But I can tell you that you have one of the best three quarterbacks in football, and you just put 10 points up in a make-or-break game at home. I, and, like, I know that's not good enough, and I know that they know that it's not good enough. So then what? Because they don't have cap space to go trade for DeAndre Hopkins. They're not going to pick high enough to make true, legitimate impact at whatever position they draft. And they haven't drafted well in the second round. So, you know, I mean, they don't even have replacement-level players that they've drafted in the second round short of James Cook over the last three years. Boogie Basham, if, if Von Miller's healthy, is he a healthy scratch today? You know, it's just like... You look at some of this stuff and the frustrations for me and for a lot of people are boiling over because you just thought that the quarterback would just be able to overcome everything. And it's just so unfair. It's so unfair to Josh Allen to say overcome all of these things. We're not going to have a real plan. Like, I watched a, 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 a Cincinnati Bengals team today with a plan, with disguise, with... Forcing a defense to defend every blade of grass. It was so difficult for the Bills to defend this Cincinnati Bengals. And it's not just because of the personnel. Some guy named, I don't even know what his name is. The receiver, Irwin, and Trent Taylor are making plays on third and long. for this. Hayden Hurst. Like, all of these people making plays against this Bills defense. And it's not because they're superior than the guy they're lining up across. It's because the scheme is superior. It's because the coaching is superior. And I just wonder how many times you're going to get out coached in a game and make a change or evolve because it just feels like this defense is not at this point capable of evolution. How could it be? It's deep rooted in the in, in seven of eight of the coaches and everybody that's about to advance to the to the uh, championship rounds this week are all offensive coaches. Seven of eight in this round. We're offensive coaches. So, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I Part of it makes me think, like, you know, they got, they got to find a head coach on the offensive side, not replace Sean McDermott. They need to find a someone that can handle the offense and be the executive, the CEO of the offense, and not not run routes because your quarterback might not throw to them. So, I mean, that's, that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Frustrated, angry. To watch a season with so much expectation, with so much hope, with so much promise, end against a team that maybe I even overlooked a little bit. I think all of us overlooked the Cincinnati Bengals a little bit. 
I think we took for granted that we were just this. The Bills were this team that was so well coached and that in, in neutral situations and fourth down and fourth and three on your own 30-yard line, you were just going to go for it because you did it all year and then the lights turned on and then you crawled into your shell because that's what happened today. And you kick a field goal because you you don't have a good enough plan when you get inside the 10-yard line to give yourself a chance to go for it on fourth and goal. It's just Josh Allen or nothing. That's it. And double team Stephon Diggs and spy Josh Allen, and that's it. No hope. Josh Allen's got to overcome being spied and being schemed against and... Defenses are running new concepts specifically to stop Josh Allen. And guess what? Every team follows the blueprint. I just It feels like it shouldn't be so hard when there's a blueprint against Patrick Mahomes, when there's a blueprint against Tua Tungavaiola, when there's a blueprint against Joe Burrow, that you follow the blueprint. That didn't happen tonight. They blitzed them. They blitzed them. Instead of playing two-man running two high safeties. They didn't beat them over the top today. They beat them by death by a thousand paper cuts because they couldn't possibly press coverage. They couldn't press man with a corner that they traded up to go do press man. Instead, they played Dane Jackson today after two series. What a way to end the season, man. This just didn't feel like they were in this game at all from the start. Three and out. They go walk right down the field on Two you. three and outs. Six for six, Joe Burrow went on the first drive. Then he went three for three. He was nine for nine. He had more completions through two drives than the Bills had yards. With a, with a unicorn at the quarterback position. It's like driving a Ferrari in a school zone. Anyways, let's grab one phone call before we take a timeout. Uh, let's go to Mark. Mark, you're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Good evening to you. Hey, guys. Um, nice to join you on a sad night for Bills fans, But and, and I know you're disappointed, but I, I think I may be able to trump your disappointment. I, I'm a lifelong resident of Western New York up until this summer when I moved to Atlanta. I'm calling you from Atlanta tonight. And um, uh, without a ticket to that game next weekend, which we're all hoping to have, but just saying that, I want to make a comment that I think what happened, and I'm guilty of it too, is we all got drunk on expectations. You know, the Bills, uh, they blew out the defending Super Bowl champions. They finally rolled over Tennessee. And, you know, gosh, it looked great. Cincinnati starts 0-2. Joe Burrow is saying, okay, we're 0-2, but we're going to be just fine. I remember listening to him say that in his presser, and I'm thinking, what, you know, what drugs is he on? But you are absolutely right. Josh Allen is – the Bills. He, uh, the offensive line in particular should give at least half their paycheck every game to this guy. But it's the strength of schedule of the Bills through the regular season that allowed us to, to continue to have that drunken stupor. And I was in it too. They really didn't beat anybody good, particularly on the road, except for the Chiefs. You know, there was only two playoff games they played, uh, counting Minnesota, our playoff teams they played. And that was basically Miami and Minnesota through that uh, uh, franchise tying record eight game winning streak. It just sort of it, it just felt bad to me. You know, look at Trey uh, White uh, against uh, T uh, Higgins today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed it, but the guy looks like he's about a foot taller than him. 
We got no physicality really at any of those key places on defense in particular, interior line, and the secondary. So this shouldn't be a surprise. This was the first really good team that the Bills have played since the uh, Kansas City game on the road in October. Um, And I think without Josh Allen, this team is less than a 500 club. So a lot of things have to change. But anyway, thanks for listening to me, and I'll let you get back to your show. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mark. I mean, yeah. (laughs) To to your point, it also kind of feels like if Joe Burrow, if if Case Keenum was the quarterback of, of Cincinnati, they probably are still a borderline playoff team because they have so many good pieces on that team. Part of that is the advantage of having a quarterback on his rookie deal, right? The Bills don't have that advantage any longer. So the salary cap rises, and I'm of – listen, and and there's a lot of takes about Von Miller. The Bills really missed Von Miller today. Sure. Am I I supposed to believe a 33-year-old edge rusher who was really good, by the way? I mean, fantastic. Was going to change the score of this game today? It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Von Miller isn't saving you from this outcome. I promise you. Von Miller isn't saving you from this outcome. It felt like players on both sides of the line, on the Cincy O-line and the D-line, they were just bigger than you. Joe Mixon hasn't run for 100 yards since November 6th. What was that? Joe Mixon hasn't run for 100 yards in a game since November 6th. Nuts. You had a backup guard, two backup tackles, and at what point did you even feel like the Bills were meeting them at the line of scrimmage? The line of scrimmage was just moving. The teams that are left in this right now, I don't know what Cincinnati's offensive line looks like next week against a competent D-line in Kansas City. We'll see. Kansas City's offensive line, top five unit. San Francisco's offensive line, top five unit. The Eagles, they're the best unit offensively, offensive line. Where are the Bills on the offensive line? They got Roger Saffold, who got owned in every game this year. He got absolutely dominated at the point of attack by a guy I've never heard of today. One-year deals. That's the guys they go and get up. They they got Cole Beasley, Roger Saffold at 34 years old. That's the investment that they're building around Josh Allen. But please, you know, Tim Settle. These pieces on defense. Keep investing on that side of the ball. It's been yielding fantastic results. All right, 803-0550. There's my... My little rant, I guess. I'm sure there'll be more. But tomorrow on WGR, the last Buffalo Bills football Monday, it's presented by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Howard and Jeremy breaking the game down in the morning. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio at 10, followed by One Bills Live with Steve Tasker, Chris Brown at noon, Chopin Bulldog at 3. They'll have Eric Wood at 4. Buffalo Bills football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. More of your phone calls. It's coming up next here on the Overtime Show here on WGR. Welcome back to the Overtime Show here on WGR. About 42 minutes past the 8 o'clock hour. 
Sunday Night Football, kind of. NFC, NFC Divisional Round, all locked up at 9. Cowboys, Niners, a good game by all counts and purposes. Bills, not so much. Bills lose 27-10, to 10, but it felt like it probably could have been more. Again, I want to go back to something I mentioned earlier, which was that if you told me in pregame that the Bills would hold the Kansas, or I'm sorry, hold the Cincinnati Bengals with 27 points, I'd feel like the Bills have a very good chance to win this game. But they scored 10 points offensively. And do we want to say maybe the worst offensive output in, since Josh Allen's rookie season? Since the Green Bay game, maybe? Which was more on Josh Allen. It just, yeah. Listen, I, and we'll take more of your phone calls as well, 803-0550. Um Again, I, I want to go back to maybe the most frustrating part about tonight is diagnosing. I sort of feel like the doctor, like you, you, you've come into the hospital, you're very sick, you want answers, you want to know what's wrong, right? And I got to run a lot of tests, and those tests aren't necessarily immediate results. I'm not going to necessarily know tonight, you know, what your blood look, what what your blood work looks like, what what's ailing you. And I feel like a lot like with this team right now is it's easy right now to say fire everyone which would be an extreme overreaction to a 13-win football team with a lot of expectations. And, but that's the thing. It's just it's the expectations that make this harder. I'm not going to tell you tonight is my night to tell everybody that everyone's getting fired. But the raw stats are hard because you look at a defense this year that probably overperformed a bit. Von Miller leaves the lineup, and they can't rush the passer any longer. And so the defensive coordinator feels he has to blitz more with more frequency, but not effectiveness, and they weren't well-timed. Today, perfect example, they blitzed Taron Johnson on the first touchdown, Jamar Chase, and he's left wide open, right? A bad time to blitz the quarterback. But it's the lack of – it's – it's sort of like being given the te- the answers to a test. And I'll go back to college, right? It's like having an open book test, but saying, I'll do the test without this. I'll prove to everyone that I could ace this test without using my, my textbook. Right? The Ravens gave you, and, and listen, I'm just, I'm here to tell you that J- is Jason Pierre-Paul at this point in his career Better than anyone in the Pills defensive line? I guess, I mean, I guess he must be. But, you know, like, looking at what the Ravens did to this team last week, 17 points, I know. Maybe it's an overreaction to say, well, look what the Ravens did. Because look what the Dolphins did, right? It it matters to play a team three teams in one season. It matters to play a team two times in two weeks. That matters. For sure, that context matters. But I just want to leave a game and feel, leave a game that isn't the Houston Texans, and feel like, boy, the coaches, they won that one. Coaches won that one. Coaching duel, Andy Reid versus Sean McDermott when it matters. Woo! McDermott got him that time. Got the best of them. Out-prepared. Out-schemed. Out-aggressived. Now I just, it's so hard because you look at the regular season and how am I supposed to care at all about what happens in the regular season? I just, how am I supposed to next year get up for September, October, November football when I watched the Cincinnati Bengals start the season 0-2, like the last caller said? 
It didn't matter to them. They were relaxed. They knew what they had. Answers. It's kind of what it feels like we're all searching for tonight. I know I am. And maybe that makes it harder for you because you're like, Nate, give me the answers. Tell me, Nate, what's going on? Who was it? Whose fault was it? I could probably rewatch this game a hundred times. I, by the way, I want to point this out. I have, n- I to this day, have not rewatched the Kansas City Chiefs game from last year in the divisional round. Haven't rewatched it, so I can't even tell you really who bleeped that one up the most. Was it the play calling defensively at the end of the game? Special teams error, and then you, Danny Crossman's gone, so must must have been the special teams coordinator. We'll throw him under the bus. See you later. Hit your ride out of town. In fairness, he did just coach like one of the worst special teams units in Miami this year, but I guess I digress a little bit on that. Um, let's grab some more phone calls. Maybe you guys can give me something more to talk about here. Uh, let's go to Neil. Neil, thanks for waiting and hold. Neil, uh, welcome to the Overtime Show. Good evening to you. Pleasure to speak to you again. Once last we spoke and I ranted about Kirk goddamn Cousins, I thought that would be the rant to end all rants. But I'm going to go on one this time because let me tell you something that I'm really pissed off about. You know, we have taken this whole core with Sean McDermott and, and at the last five out of the last six years, we can't get out of the divisional round. And you know what? He looks more and more like he is the Marty Schottenheimer of this generation. He's a guy that'll build you a great culture and he'll only get you so far. But at the end of the day, he doesn't get you far enough. And if you look at the, the secondary of this team, we cannot handle Big-time receivers with big-time speed. We didn't have an answer for Tyreek Hill and Waddle. We don't have an answer for Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins. We don't have the ability to handle speed. And the bottom line with this team is this. I have to see, if I'm going to invest my money, my goddamn hard-earned money that I spend just like every other fan spends on this team, I don't want to see Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator anymore, and I don't want to see Leslie Frazier as the defensive coordinator anymore. Ken Dorsey, to me, is, you talked about like a Ferrari in a school zone. This is a guy who has a whole bunch of Lego toys, builds a house, and then knocks it all down. <laughs> he is counterintuitive in everything that he's done this year. And, 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 and quite frankly, he, makes, he never does anything simple. There's never a five-yard drag. Josh Allen has to play Superman every single play of every single game for us to look like the quote-unquote great team that we're not. And Leslie Frazier, let's be blunt, he was a terrible head coach, and he's a good defensive coordinator. He's not great. We are stuck with a group of coaches, much like Marty Schottenheimer's crew, that'll get you so far but doesn't get you far enough. And outside of Allen and outside of Diggs, what do we really have? We have an interior offensive line where Josh Allen's running for his life and doesn't do anything to help this team. We got a group of receivers outside of Diggs who are number threes and number fours and are dropped too many balls and are inconsistent. We got a front four that doesn't get to the quarterback, gets out physical and out punked by backup linemen on the Bengals. Backup linemen make a push on the Dolphins around. too. Like the yeah, like the varsity against the freshmen. Like it's peewee football. It ain't peewee football. This is the NFL playoffs, and we got to look like a bunch of scrubs against the varsity, and that's unacceptable. And furthermore, let me say this: if we don't have, excuse me, one of those safeties this year, we're gonna lose guys. Yeah. We're not, this team isn't coming back the way it is. 
And the expectations with this team were supposed to be in the Super Bowl. And the more I watch this team and the more I watch this franchise, the conclusion I come to, I'll say for the third time, this is the Marty Schottenheimer of this generation. We just aren't going to get any farther with the way the foundation is assembled. And there has to be heads rolling for Ken Dorsey and Frazier because, quite frankly, Dorsey just does not know how to make the offense simpler for our quarterback. And Leslie Frazier's game, you blitz Joe Burrow with three yeah. big-time receivers? You think you're going to win those one-on-one matchups even 50% of the time? Well, you're not. I'll They're say this, Neil. Thank, thanks for the, thanks for the call, Neil. Thanks for the passion. Appreciate you, buddy. Sorry that this is uh, this is how we got to end our season together. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, hopefully we'll have better times next year on the post game show, eh, friend? I hope so. I hope so. Thanks, thanks for the call, Neil. Here's what I'll we'll say though: is I do think they've actually did they did a pretty darn good job against Tyree Kill this year, right? I mean, they did. Um, your your Marty Schottenheimer point maybe isn't totally lost on me, but I think it's more so like the loyalty. And loyalty in the NFL will, if it can't win you games, which, you know, loyalty is a weird thing to say. Well, you know, they're loyal, so they win football games that way. I think more times than not, loyalty ends up getting you fired in the NFL more times than not. And you stick around with Leslie Frazier for another year, and you have a nice DVOA story in the end of the year, the top five DVOA defense again, and then they show up in the playoffs when it really matters. And the scheme today really was, to me, the bothersome thing. They schemed scared. They seemed they seemed and schemed scared against a very good Bengals offense. Let's not get a twist. It's a very good Bengals offense. But was running, you know, Soft coverage against them while you were trying to blitz? A good idea? I don't think so. And you're right, Neil. I mean, it, it's anybody can go look. Anybody's allowed to go look at this. At Joe Burrow, and it's not just this year. It's last year, too. He's the number one quarterback in football against the blitz. I just did not think that that was going to be. Last week in the second half, when the Bengals didn't score in the second half against the, against the Ravens, the Ravens blitzed 5% of the time. After their offensive lineman went out. It wasn't, well, there's offensive lineman out. So this is our time. We're going to blitz the hell out of them. No, it was, let's drop back. Let's press these guys at the line of scrimmage. No free releases. We've got help over the top. Beat us. Throw it into small, throw it into small windows. There was none of that today. I think that's going to be something that sits with me. I'm going to watch this all 22, two days from now. Be yelling at the sky, punching my pillow. I mean, that's just that's what that's what's gonna happen. Uh, thanks for the call, Neil. Thanks for the passion, man. Appreciate you. We're gonna take a timeout on the other side. Uh, we'll get in a quick break as well. We gotta kind of get two in here. But listen, I'll hang out with you guys here tonight. I got nothing better to do. We'll take your phone calls. We'll put a, we'll put a bow, I guess, on this season, this disappointing season that I did not think would end so early. The overtime show continues on next year with WGR. All right, welcome back. Sports. Oh, man. Every time I'm in the seat. If only it was just that. Every time I'm in the seat, I want to say Sports Talk Saturday. It's the overtime show here on WGR. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning along. I know it's been a tough night for a lot of us, but uh, yeah, here we are. Sort of diagnosing, right? Talking about 
going to the doctor and wanting all the answers tonight. I probably don't have all the answers for you guys. I wish I did. It felt it would, have, it would make me feel better to have answers for you, but um, I don't. It's been a hard year. I know it's January 22nd. I don't mean like this. I don't mean 2023 has been a tough year. I just mean this season. Ups and downs. Personally for all of us, you know, Hamlin and Luke Knox and the snowstorms and the shooting and just everything that has been the last, you know, 12 months or so. Personally, I mean, I've had a weird year myself. You know, it's been a weird year for a lot of us, I think. But I take solace. I, I enjoy doing the show. A lot of people ask me, Nate, you, you, what, what's, what's your favorite thing? Even people here at Station will tell me. I'll tell them. I, my favorite thing to do is do the overtime show. It's my favorite thing to do. It's not really because of the callers and you guys. I mean, I love you guys. You, 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 guys, you guys give me life. I know it's because of me. You, you it's can, because of you, you Thomas. There. That's right. It, That's it's right. as easy as that. I, I enjoy watching football and then getting to talk about the football, right? It's just something I enjoy doing. Um, it's been a really enjoyable year for me. Again, I mean, um, this time, or well, I, I will say this time next year will be my 10th year here at the station. Not all of which have been on air. It took me a little while to get here. Um, this has been a fun ride. I, I think... I'll look back at the season a little bit differently than I'd looked back at last year. Heartbreak feels better than disappointment. And and heartbreak can also equal disappointment, right? I mean, you can be disappointed about heartbreak. But I think this, what we're all used to is when will they bleep it up, right? Like, when is the Billsy thing going to happen? The Billsy thing is not losing 27 to 10. It's not getting blown out at home. That's not really the Billsy thing. The Billsy thing is being up 27 to 10 and then losing the lead in the fourth quarter and losing on some sort of fluky fumble or some kind of crazy interception, a tipped ball that's been tipped three times and some guy catches it and it's reviewed. It looks like it's out of bounds, but it reviews and it's it's accepted and it's heartbreak, right? Wide right, 13 seconds, all of these things. Um are sort of looked at through this lens of being Billsy and this this in just sort of heartbreak that always comes along, along with Bill, Buffalo sports, not just, you know, 99, no goal. I mean, there's just so many things that it feels like us sports fans here in Buffalo sort of deal with. But one thing that I thought we had maybe moved on from, and maybe we were never going to move on from heartbreak. Maybe the Bills and the Sabres, neither franchise will ever win anything because heartbreak is always a phone call away. It's always a knock on the door away. But I thought the one thing that maybe we had gotten over is like losing a game like they lost today. It's just they haven't lost that way in the regular season, much less in a game that is so important at home, in front of your fans. It's a no-show. Plain and simple, no-show today. It's sort of, it's it's a new layer. It's a new It's a new level of disappointment. It goes beyond heartbreak. It goes beyond crunch time jitters it goes beyond all of these things it goes to a much deeper level of true disappointment because of expectations and now i don't blame any of you i don't i won't blame myself if i get to this point is how do i create expectations for next season because you have the superstar quarterback so inherently there's just expectations but i don't know how i don't don't know what to make of this team moving forward it's the identity crisis i guess we're going through Anyways, 803-0550. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us for the first hour. we got another hour to go. So if you got phone calls, we'll get to some player sound as well. We'll hear from Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. We didn't get a lot of player sound today. 
And I'm not mad at that, by the way. Some people will be mad at that. I'm not mad at Stefan Diggs because he didn't want to talk tonight. He'll talk in a couple of days when they clear out the locker rooms. I'm not mad at anybody that doesn't want to talk about this game. They got their asses kicked today. I wouldn't want to talk about it either. But we'll we'll uh, we'll bring you who did talk. I love it's coming up next here. You're listening to the overtime show here on WGR. Hour two of the overtime show coming your way right now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for inexplicably hanging out until 9 p.m. after that game. If none of you wanted to talk about it, I would not blame you. So thanks for hanging out. Uh, I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's rip some phone calls. Let's rip through them. 803-0550-1888-552-550. And let's start with Jason. Jason, you're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for hanging out on hold, Jason. Good evening to you, and uh, welcome to the Overtime Show. Hey, first of all, I want to say you're a great follow on Twitter and all the other um, shows that you're on. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Uh, second of all, I want to say... Um, I know you said you're not going to be firing on coaching staff changes possibly today, but I feel like if there's not a coaching, some coaching staff changes and philosophy changes, at least on the GM, GM's part and on the defensive part, I feel like there's not going to be a lot done. If you look at it, I mean, Bills, you know, every time they seem like they've lost a playoff game in the last three to four years, they've gone in the draft, drafted defensive ends. They brought free agent defensive tackles in mm-hmm. and you still see every time we play these games you hear everybody on television or just watching it yourself it seem like we just get pushed backwards you know um i think you guys said today several times that our defensive pass r- uh rush win rate without von miller terrible went from yeah, like three to like in the low 20s mm-hmm. today you know so i'm saying like so i i don't i don't i don't think if the gm continues this philosophy where he and the coach put all this money in their defense when they have this elite, like you said, top three quarterback, and they don't surround him with a better offensive line like the 49ers, the Chiefs do, the Bengals try to do with Joe Burrow, and surround him with better weapons. And this team's going to go anywhere, and it's just going to sit in quicksand. So I, I think there has to be, after these four years, some real you know, deep thinking within the coaching staff and the GM and say, hey, we, you know, we've tried it four years the same way. Things aren't working, and if we want to beat one of these two top teams in the playoffs, we're going to have to change things. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jason. I, again, I, I, I guess part of me is like, I, I don't know. It's hard because I think that obviously the disappointment tonight is palpable. We're all disappointed, but it's trying to point the finger at like, hey, that's the glaring issue. I'm not sure this team has a glaring issue. I mean, they're they're going to have a real decision to make on – they're going to have a real decision to make about Tremaine Edmonds. And which is tough because Tremaine Edmonds is a really good football player and he impacts the game in a lot of ways that maybe a lot of us don't appreciate, maybe even myself included. Although I, I would tell you, I'm, I've been kind of a Tremaine Edmonds stan, so to speak. Um, I think they've got to prioritize signing him. I don't know what you're going to do at safety. Um, I don't know where DeMar Hamlin's future sits. I'm not sure if he ever plays football again. And I can I I don't think Jordan Poyer's back here next year. And I don't know what the future holds for Micah Hyde. I know he was kind of close to coming back, but like what's that look like? And I don't know if Trey uh, if Trey White will ever be the same player he was prior to the injury. It's that's t- a total reality. It could be a situation that he's never the same player again. So a lot of investment in the defensive line has not yielded any real returns. Notable returns. 
So then what do you do? Do you just give up on defense and say, well, now we're going to spend all of our time, money, resources, energy on remaking an offensive line? And, you know, what does that look like? Obviously, I think Roger Saffold's a one-and-done guy. I, I think that you're going to have to replace him. Outside of him, like, like yeah, I think you'll like Rick Bates. I think you'll like Mitch Morse. But do you want to maybe draft his future replacement? Because right now, I'm not sure they have. And, and maybe that's Rick Bates. Maybe Bates is your future at the center position. Because if Mitch Morse gets another concussion, where are we with him? Spencer Brown's been kind of a disappointment. I think there was a lot of expectation he would take the step, and he did not take the step. But Saffold's the first and foremost. Like that, That's the first one that's got to go. You know? Thanks for the call, man. Let's go to Larry. Larry, thanks for hanging on hold, man. You're on the Overtime Show. Good evening to you. Yeah, thanks, Nate. I, I wasn't ready for the season to end, but here's my take. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to figure this out, you know, what player to blame, you know, and I looked at all the players. Nobody played good today, but – you know, if I look at it, I look at it as a chess game. Um, you know, we got the pieces. You know, I'm not saying we're the most talented team in our league. We're not the worst. We got a good team. Um, we're, and I don't want to beat a dead dog, but you know what? Offensive coach, uh, coordinator and defensive coordinator, um, we can have all the players in the world. But I, I think Leslie Frazier has been a good coach. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think he's brought us to where he can bring us. I'd say thanks for your service. Okay, you know, goodbye. Dorsey, I don't think, you know, and I'm not saying he's he's not a bad, you know, he might be a good offensive coordinator someday. We can't wait around. Uh, I don't think he's the guy for Allen. I think Allen needs somebody tough. Uh, he had Dable. He had somebody who can rein him in. He needs somebody who can talk to him and tell him when he's doing it bad. And, um, you know, I mean, we, we need a couple pieces here and there. Um, I don't know if, if Poirier is going to be back or who's going to be back, but we need, we need some we need some help. I'm saying we, we need coaching. Coaching, you watch these other teams, and we, we have as much or more talent than these guys. And I'm saying, you know what, these offensive and defensive coordinators are not doing the job. I love I love McDermott, but I think Bean has really some big decisions. This is going to be his yeah. biggest year. This is going to be his biggest year. I, I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, thanks for the call, Larry. Listen, big decisions across the board. Personnel decisions, coaching decisions. Um, you know, do you want to be the team that one and dones your, you know, offensive coordinator who a lot of people like, by the way, we all pined myself included. I was very nervous about losing Ken Dorsey to New York. I thought Ken Dorsey was going to go be the offensive coordinator for the giants with Brian Dable. That was a real, that was a real possibility. I know I'm not the only one. A lot of people calling in, calling for Dorsey's job, myself included. He's been critical of year. Like I was the guy that was like, Hey, I want that guy. I want the level of continuity that he brings. He's been here. He understands what it's going to take to make Josh Allen successful, but not just successful, but for Josh Allen to take the next step. The problem is, is he didn't take the next step. He's the same quarterback he was last year. And maybe that's good enough to win 13 games, and maybe it's good enough to win maybe more. Maybe they should have won more games. But it feels like there's another level to Josh Allen's game. And right now, as currently constructed with the weapons he has, and maybe maybe the answer is simply Ken Dorsey's got to come back and they got to give him better weapons to work with. It could be the answer. Again, I'm not here to tell you one way or another that's right or wrong. And I don't know. Like, Do, do you want to make widespread changes for a 13-win football team? They lost three games. Fourth one if you count today. Do you make big changes when you are that successful? And pretty significant. I mean... Like, consistently successful. It's the conversation about getting over the hump. But what's the hump? The hump is winning a Super Bowl, right? And I mentioned loyalty earlier. Loyalty in this league can get you fired. 
We'll find out just how loyal Sean McDermott is to his coordinators and and what those relationships look like. I I imagine if I sort of imagine Sean McDermott's going down with the ship rather than getting rid of a guy like Leslie Frazier. That would be my guess. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know the inner workings of this coaching staff and the the closeness of relationships, but you know, I know him and Brian Dable did not always see eye to eye. I can't imagine. Part of me thought it, even if Dable didn't get a head coaching job this year, I had thoughts and reservations about did the Bills potentially move on from Brian Dable because the head coach in him didn't really seem to, you know, schematically seem eye to, see eye to eye. I just can't imagine that if him and Dable didn't maybe have the best relationship last year that you could look at what Ken Dorsey did this year and feel like you're in a better place. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Mike. Thanks, Larry. Mike, you're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for hanging on hold. Good evening to you, Mike. Hey, what's going on, Nate? Um, So I want to talk about Ken Dorsey, but I think Neil, the very passionate man who called in earlier, said pretty much a lot of it. But you also made a comment about continuity. And I was like you. I I did not want to lose – Ken Dorsey to New York. I wanted him to be the offensive coordinator. And after the Rams game, I was like, yeah, we made a good call. The problem is, is that he was a quarterback's coach. That's, that was his job. He, he was Josh Allen's quarterback coach. And that's why Josh Allen was the only thing we had Hmm. this year. That's because that's what Ken's primary focus has been for the past umpteen years is quarterbacks. So, he weighed everything he had on his franchise quarterback, having him throw 42 times with an elbow that's like mm. ready to tear throughout the second half of the season. I couldn't understand it. You're the offensive coordinator. Why are you not balancing uh, the run game along with the pass game? Give give teams, you know, something to think about rather than oh we're playing the Bills. Okay, stop Josh Allen. Double Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis is going to drop the ball. Isaiah McKenzie's wishy-washy, and they don't have anybody else. And we just kept putting old team members of Allen back on the team because he's comfortable with them. Yeah, great for the latter part of the season. You have to give the guy weapons. He doesn't have anybody. He didn't have an offensive line today. The worst part about this for me today is I didn't even get to watch the game. I was at work for a 12-hour shift, so I I was looking at Twitter whenever I could get my phone in my hand seeing your comments and Howard's comments and Jeremy's comments. And I'm just sitting there looking at my phone, like what is happening? The offensive line, the penalties. And then Diggs is losing it on Josh Allen on the sideline. Like what happened? And you did make a comment about Brian Dable being able to rein in Allen. That is something that Ken Dorsey cannot do because Ken Dorsey's a loose cannon. And Allen showed all year that so is he. What? When in the past few years have you seen Josh Allen slam his helmet on the ground like a child? That's what we looked at all year. Him pouting and having a fit because he's getting destroyed because he doesn't have anything. He's he's trying to be the one man team, mm. and it's it's super disappointing. It's super aggravating because you've said it. We, we can't point the finger in one direction. It's it was a. It's a team effort. It's a team game. The team lost. We just. I think we've gotten so used to it that we just don't know what to do now. We yeah. thought we had it. 
Yeah, listen, we definitely thought we had it. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for calling. Um, yeah, that, that that again, that's that's like part of the conversation, right? Is is the thought that you had it? I I think we all thought that this was this was the Super Bowl year. I I think maybe a lot of us thought last year was the Super Bowl year, and there was no outside of scapegoating the special teams coordinator, which I don't. They didn't fire. I mean, I think he resigned or they parted ways mutually whatever that was that was that was their accountability we weren't going to talk about who made the mistakes we weren't going to say whose call it was to kick the ball into the end zone we weren't going to say whose call it was to run the defense that they ran in the 13 seconds to give up the game tying field goal and then lose in overtime last year to a Chiefs team that you had on the ropes that you should have won and gone to a AFC championship game at home against the Bengals who you know maybe looking back I need to change my tune on that are, are they even beating that Bengals team at home I'm not sure but I will tell you that over the last two years, it felt like this was your best two shots and you were unable to advance to the championship game. In the two years, you thought that this was your best shot. And that's the demoralizing part. So that's really where I think we all get to the point of, okay, well, what is going to be different now? Because it can't just be personnel. It can't be. There's got to be more accountability because there wasn't accountability last year. There has to be accountability this year. And accountability doesn't mean going on stage and saying, well, you know, I really needed Leslie Frazier to do this. Or, you know, I told, I told Ken Dorsey to do this and he didn't listen to me. No. I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not accountability. I don't, no one needs the coach to go up in front of the media and blame people. What they need to do is say that we're a franchise now that has moved on past the point of just being happy to be here. Being happy to make the playoffs. And you need to be a franchise that says we're a team and a franchise that's serious about winning a Super Bowl. Because if you are then there will be changes made outside of just personnel ones. There will be scheme-based changes. And maybe you believe Ken Dorsey and Leslie Frazier are capable of evolution. And maybe you can sell me that Ken Dorsey is. I am not of the mind that at this point in his career, his age, his experience, that Leslie Frazier's a, a dog that's going to learn new tricks. So that's where I stand. I just don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure where the accountability comes from, but it's got to come from somewhere. Scott, you're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for waiting, and good evening to you, Scott. Hey, Nate. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you. A couple of points. Uh, first, uh, the punting before the half, right at that point, uh, I think myself and probably most of our Bills fans were thinking, uh, we are coaching to lose this game. Um, my second thought, uh, Devin Singletary, um, Never been a fan of him since he came onto this team. Um, my thoughts are running the ball is going to open the pass. Uh, our passing game obviously has no issues for the most part. But with that being said, th those small plays to open up the pass, we don't do it. it it's uh, the run game. There's never been any confidence in the running game. Uh, Devin Singletary, if you look back, any big games he's had, he's had against second-string players, you know, I go back to Denver a couple of years ago. The second stringers come in. He, he rips a 50-yard run. He's running against uh, second-string players. Um, never been a fan there. Uh, Zach Moss, it's, it's a mess. I think we need a good running back. I know Singletary's contract's up. I think we need a good running back to open up that pass. Uh, I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. Yeah, thanks for the call, Scott. Yeah, I don't know where I stand with the run game. Um, I don't know if I care about it. I don't know if I should. I don't know if I shouldn't care about it. It's like such a 
conundrum, the run game. It just well, it feels like they spent so many resources. They spent time, energy, money, draft picks, lots of draft capital. I mean, a, a third round, a third round, and a second round pick, and they still feel like maybe they don't have answers. I like I like Zach. Or I like um, I like James Cook a lot. We'll we'll sort of see where that goes, um, and how that evolves. But Naeem Hines makes more than Austin Eckler. <laughs> I'm not kidding either. He makes more than Austin Eckler. And Austin Eckler is like probably one of the best running backs in football. So they've got to uh, they got to figure that out. The running back position. I I'm sick of talking about it. They've spent they've spent too many to- too much time and too much resources on it for me to care about whether or not it works or not. Get another receiver. Get a number two receiver. That's not, I'm sorry, I love Emmanuel Sanders, but that, that wasn't your answer. It was a one, a, I'm sick and tired of the one-year Band-Aids on offense. Do the one-year Band-Aids on defense. Surround Josh Allen with legitimate talent. Let's go to Christopher. Christopher, you're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for hanging out, Christopher. Good evening to you. How you doing, Nate? Good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, we had a bad day, but uh, here's, the, here's the problem. Yeah, I, you know, this... We all had Super, Super Bowl aspirations, and you know, after last year, uh, we thought that we were ascending. Um, and you made some good points. It, when, when, when this just happened, I was like, "We got to get rid of someone, maybe Dorsey, either Dorsey." Or, but, but you know, you're right. Dorsey is his first year, right? Um, he can maybe evolve, but something. Our offense was not like last year. Um, after pretty much what, maybe like that Green Bay game. We were, I mean, we, we probably haven't had a game where where we were clicking in all cylinders probably since that Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Game. Yeah, I was going to say Pittsburgh. Right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Um, and and the thing is, we still found ways to win. That's how that's how talented we were. Yep. That's how ta- you know um, overcoming and beating I, and, yourself a lot. They beat themselves a lot this year, and they exactly. were still able to overcome that. Yeah. And, and I and I said to my friends, and I said, you know what? We already won this game. The only way we can lose this game is if we beat ourselves. And I'm I'm glad that we actually got our ass beat. So I'm sorry, my, our, our butt beat, because I was wrong. Yeah. We, you, I was wrong. So I don't know. I you know emotions are high. Uh, I am very disappointed. I'm 46 years old, and I I mean I already called off work, <laughs> and and my boss doesn't understand because they're they're foreign. They're like, what do you mean you're calling for for football? But I need you for a day. Um, but I, I, I there definitely needs to be some change. Um, I don't think we need to get rid of the game, you know, the gambit. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think our defense, our defense didn't play well either. Um, but we played enough where our offense, like, I mean, again, I either it's either Dorsey and I love Dorsey. I'm a, I'm a big U fan. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, I, I and you know, usually one year, hey, I mean, things can get better. But our our offensive line, something needs to change. Because our offensive line is not even good, so we got to do some something different. Yeah, you know, you understand what I'm saying, Nate? Like, yeah, like, and, and here's it's the a, it's a disappointment because Allen did regress. He did, like, like maybe I, not regress. He just didn't get better. And and I think and I think Chris, what we all saw was the playoff game last year in Kansas City, and thought, okay, here's the ceiling. How do we get him to play at this level more consistently? And when Brian Dable leaves, right, it's like, okay. 
well, let's bring in a guy that we think can get to this level more often. And he didn't get to that level nearly enough over the course of a season. Thanks for the call, Chris. Sorry I had to disconnect you there because we got to take a timeout and get to some player sound and some coaches sound. But, yeah, it's a struggle. It's a struggle for all of us. So trust me, if I wasn't just in Vegas and I took some time off and had to move and do all my stuff, I'd probably take tomorrow off too. But I'm going to go into work and yell be upset i mean it's probably what we're all going to do tomorrow office will be a little quiet tomorrow as is tradition but all right time out we're gonna hear from sean mcdermott coming up we'll hear from josh allen as well uh, if you missed any of those um so stick with us here on the overtime show you're listening to the overtime show on wgr this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 